Tracy and you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. She was a sweet, sassy youngster. Sweet, sassy youngster. She had just turned 10 two weeks before her death. A. Marie Joe Garza. Her funeral was held in Texas, the first of what's going to be many just hours ago. Just hours ago. And she's one of the young ladies that called 911 for help inside that Rob Elementary School classroom when she was gunned down. Her stepfather, a medical technician, Angel Gaza, was tending to another victim when he learned the girl he raised as his own was dead. He was told the tragic news about his stepdaughter when another student covered in blood told him it was A. Marie's blood on her. And so the Girl Scouts uh, has awarded A. Marie Joe Gaza. It's one of its highest honors, the Bronze Cross for her bravery, stating that her heroism hasn't gone unnoticed. This was A. Marie's first year in the Girl Scouts as a junior. But that wasn't all in the last couple of hours. One of the hero teachers and heartbroken husband lay side by side in twin caskets at their wake. One of the hero school teachers gunned down trying to protect her fourth grade students was remembered at a wake also a few hours ago alongside her husband who died of a grief-fueled, if you will, heart attack 48 hours after her death, leaving behind the two of them, four kids, and one of their surviving sons, a United States Marine, stood a crisp attention in his dress uniform as mourners pass by. We are taking your telephone calls this hour. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. And so some of the um, news that has broke uh, just recently, Pete Arredondo, the um, district police chief, school chief that Rita was talking about during her show, and uh, who officials last week identified as the incident commander. Well, he's moving on up, moving on up. He was sworn in as a city council member on Tuesday. He won the election, and they swore him in, swore him in. And the way it was done is, uh, according to the mayor there, out of respect for the families who buried their children today, I'm quoting here, and who are planning to bury their children in the next few days, no ceremony was held. That's according to the mayor. And so I, I, I spent a good part of today thinking about um, this incident, the incident in Buffalo, and what many of you 
uh, our callers um, have had to say. And so let me let me summarize basically what what I heard from you folks. If there's a collective voice that came from your phone calls, that one so-called uh, hardening of schools is the way to go, right? In terms of uh, more money for security resources, law enforcement officers, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, I don't see how anyone can really disagree with that. So that's that's one I agree with. And I thought about what uh, many of you said. And I think you're right. Some of you are calling for arming teachers. Maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that's what we need. The element of surprise so that when these madmen go into schools, they don't know who it is that they're encountering. And so I know in New Mexico, uh, in some of the schools there, teachers uh, have guns, principals. Maybe, maybe that's the way to go. But now here's the problem. Democrats have been steadfast against providing weapons to teachers. And they also argue that heightened security alone does not go far enough to protect the students. And keep in mind, folks, the politics, the politics of all this, any new gun legislation faces its biggest hurdle in the Senate. The U.S. Senate, where Democrats hold just 50 seats, meaning that 10 Republican votes are needed to clear the 60-vote threshold for most bills. And so the school's police chief is moving on up. He uh, was sworn in. He's now a city council member. And this situation is very, very ongoing. And one of the uh, funerals, actually two funerals held today, two wakes, uh, teacher and husband. I'm going to your telephone calls in just one second. But I want you to listen to a local news report in the community there describing this 10-year-old girl whose funeral was held today, A. Marie Joe Gaza. A. Marie was also a Girl Scout. In fact, someone wrote that she would be a Girl Scout sister forever right there by the cross here at the town square. She also loved swimming, drawing, and spending time with her family who say she had a heart of gold. Now she is also being remembered as a hero as she was one of several students who tried calling police when the gunmen entered their classroom. Take a listen to what her stepdad told CBS News last week. She just turned 10 two weeks ago. 10, dude. She's 10. I just want to know what happened in her last moments. I want to know what what she was doing, what, why he did that to her. Why did she get shot? Like, I just want to know what she did. An anguished father. And he's a better man than me because I don't even know if I would hold up, uh, or stepfather, I should say. I don't even know if I would hold up as strong as he did. I don't know. I would have to be medicated. And uh, I know that happens a lot when uh, when funerals occur. You know, people can't handle it. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll get something from their doctor. I, I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I, I want everyone right before I go to your telephone calls here, I want everyone to consider this, something else that I thought about today. The survivors, the so-called lucky ones, the kids that made it out. I want you to keep in mind 
that for the rest of their natural lives. They will remember and have nightmares about the fact that they saw their teacher or teachers gunned down right in front of them and their classmates, the lucky ones, the lucky students. They will live with this for the rest of their natural lives. They will tell their grandkids about the experience they had at school that day. So now let's start with um, with your uh, telephone calls. Let's begin with Al and Yonkers. Good morning, Al. You are on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, hi, Dominic. Uh, I just wanted to say it's always interesting uh, listening to your uh, your show. You always uh, bring up current events and let the general public uh, throughout the nation know what's going on. I just wanted to say, is as far as I know, and uh, you mentioned, that the uh, sheriff at the time, he's been elected to the city council, correct? Yes. I, I just wanted to say, I mean, I think if, you know, he can probably won't be able to be removed because I don't know if the uh, that town, that village, or the city, excuse me, is run by a, a city manager, form of government. And since he was duly elected, he could stay in that role. But I think he would be have a hard time uh, staying as an elected official because he'd probably be ostracized with the situation and the tragedy that occurred outside San Antonio. So, Al, uh, if that's the case, um, because it sounds like a sweetheart deal, why quietly swear him into the city council when you know that the entire world uh, is looking at this uh, shooting? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's that 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 should have not take place. You know, really, I mean that's terrible that it did uh, that he was sworn in like that. And uh, like you said, I mean, we have to as American citizens take into consideration, uh, you know, what occurred here. And a lot of these survivors will have survivor's guilt and as they move forward with their natural lives. Well, I, I thank you for the call, Al, and you have a um, a great morning. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go to our friend Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Good morning, Jacqueline. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Um, just to uh, add a little bit more information and some other uh, incidents, unfortunately, that occurred in recent years, there was a lot of talk, uh, not only by yourself, but by many of your callers about increasing the age that an individual could have access to an assault weapon. Yes. Uh, that would have done nothing in San Bernardino, where 14 people were killed and 17 were wounded. It would have done nothing in the Orlando nightclub, where a 29-year-old man killed 49 people and wounded 53, nor would it have done any good in the Las Vegas shooting that killed 59 and injured over 500 by a 64-year-old man. Jacqueline, so what would we do, do about those situations? Jacqueline, granted, for argument's sake, to your point, it would have done nothing in those cases. But what about the situation in Buffalo and in Texas? It all boils down to the same thing, Dominic. No, 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 no. But but they but they but the shooters were eighteen years old. Jacqueline, we can't pick and choose. We can't say it didn't work in San Bernardino and here and here and here, and then want to ignore what happened in terms of the facts of the age. I'm not accusing you of ignoring the situation. I know that you 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 you're not built like that. But all I'm saying to you is that we can't cherry pick which cases we want to focus on, Jacqueline? No, but that's not that's not the point. The point is not the age. That's the point that I'm trying to make. You could have a room full of loaded AR weapons, automobiles, planes, knives, poison, without them being in the hands. I was going to use the word human, but I'm going to use the term homo sapien because I don't consider these individuals human. They would never injure or kill anyone. The, the point is, it's always a common denominator. It's always the same thing. We always find out that these individuals have usually more than one incident, usually a lengthy history 
of threats and mental illness, there's got to be monitoring. That's the only thing, and that's what people refuse to talk about, and that's what the politicians refuse to throw any money at. They'd rather throw money away and at other things that are not important rather than securing, in this case, schools. That's something that can be done. You can't, you can't safeguard every soft target, but you can certainly safeguard schools, and there's a litany of ways that you can do so. Well, I, I will I will acknowledge uh, th- this much, Jacqueline, and I do thank you for the call. You already know my position is that an 18-year-old should not have an assault-type style weapon. But even if you ban them, um, as I believe was the case in California, and push the age up, um, it faces a court challenge, and sometimes the, the, the newly passed law does not... Uh, does not hold up uh, on appeal or in court. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. And I'm I'm really about trying to find a solution. And that's why I'm saying that, because I don't say this lightly, but perhaps arming school teachers, ones that, that want to go through training and, and so on, Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the way to go, because we we have to be honest, you know, folks. For lack of a better term, this is not the TV show SWAT, where something happens and the nine one one call comes in, and thirty seconds later here comes the SWAT truck with the team moving in immediately. This is the real world. This is the real world. And so you you have police protocol. It appears that the protocol was definitely not used in this case in terms of an active shooter go in, right? We can question it till we blew in the face. It's not going to change the facts of what happened. But this is not Hollywood. And so considering that this is not Hollywood and it takes police time to mobilize, let's say let's say New York City for example. God forbid uh, let's say something like this happened in New York. So the mayor on Morning Joe said that New York would handle it very differently. The type of situation that occurred in uh, in Texas wouldn't happen here. But even in New York, right, it's going to take time for the emergency service units to put on their gear and get to location. It's going to take time for the specially trained SWAT teams in New York City <laughs> to get to the location. That's why in New York, where laws were changed, and, I, and I'm going to, I see all your calls. I'm going to get to them, folks. I really am this morning. Um, when In New York, when the laws were changed to deal with the mentally ill, it takes time. So now so now what happened as a result of uh, Eleanor Bumpers in the Bronx, and that's when I had just started in journalism, and I had never seen autopsy uh, photos and photos of, of what uh, a woman's uh, arm looked like blown off from a shotgun blast until, until I looked at, um, at those photos, and I ran into the bathroom and threw up. But... The point I'm making is that the laws that have changed and as the police have gotten better in dealing with situations, this is not SWAT on TV. If there's, let's say New York City, if there's an emotionally disturbed person, emergency services has got to gear up and get on location before anything can happen. And a lot can happen in that five to ten minutes that it may take for uh, law enforcement to uh, get on location. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Um, I've got to take a break, but I see my friend Stan here in Forest Hills. He says, no way teachers should not have guns. Is that accurate, Stan? That's as accurate as I can be. I can't believe you said that. And I'll tell you why I can't believe it. Once we give teachers – the weapons of a teacher are a book of geography. 
is a math book, is a history book. That's their weapons when they go into that classroom every day is to get to the minds of their students. They were not bred or educated to carry guns. Once we give the gun to any teacher, we have failed totally. There is no way. Okay, we are a failure as a country okay. when we start have to give. Okay, okay. So Stan, so Stan, let let's deal with the reality. Okay, so Republicans are not budging thus far, as far as we know, on their position, right, as it relates to further gun control. So if they're not budging and are not going to budge, then what is the answer? Throw them out once and for all throw them out. That was the opportunity. You know, I keep hearing on and on, well, you know, that we got the Democrats on the economy. This issue is the issue. And you got politics be damned what Rita said. We shouldn't talk politics. It's all been about politics. Who are we kidding here? What the hell are we talking about? Texas and what happens about politics. But Stan, but when you say throw them out, you do realize that for the most part, their views, for the most part, represent the views of their constituents. Arguing that point, I'm not arguing that point. So then, but if just, they so if they represent well, that, the that views, doesn't they, they, that doesn't mean people will change. I think the thinking of parents today, who have children, will change. The election will do it. If it doesn't happen, we deserve exactly what we get. Change has to be made. I'm sorry, I don't agree. It's all it's, it's all politics. It. What did Jacqueline say? The equal denominator was something. It's the gun, lady. That's what it is. I mean, you know, it's the gun. Let Canada is trying to do something. They're not getting rid of it. They're stopping what they can to get it. At least it's something. And there's no Second Amendment in Canada. I mean, the Second Amendment in this country is a herka on our back. It needs to be whittled a little bit, just like the First Amendment is. There are everything's not. So why not? I have no problem with that. But to tell me that teachers have to carry guns, it, that, no, that's No, 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 I, I, I didn't say, I didn't well, say no, have no, to. No, you're recommending it. it I, it's I'm a recommending failure. it, and I said teachers that decide to do so. Stan, I, I have to step in. I thank you for the call. We have a lot of calls, and I first got to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to take your calls from Los Angeles to Staten Island to Teaneck to Manhattan and, of course, the Bronx. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, folks. Dominic Carter here with you. Let's go right back to the uh, telephone calls. Michael in Manhattan. Good morning, Michael. You're on the Dominic Carter Show. Good morning, Dominic, as always. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with the uh, so-called assault rifles and such. These kids were disturbed. They posted things on the, call it the Internet or social media, so people knew about it, and they did nothing. If he said, I'm crazy, and I want Trump to be in office now, bam. They would have taken taken notice. So, Michael, he's, so, he's, Michael, so, Michael. should not have gotten guns in the first place. So, Michael, place. Michael, your words. You said these kids were crazy. I believe that's the exact term you, that you used. But yet, let's say that you're correct, and it, it, by all indications, it does appear to be that way. But notice what happened. Buffalo and Texas, the 18-year-old shooters, basically used the same type of weapon. I mean, come on, do you think that's a coincidence? They wanted the weapon that would cause the much the most damage in the shortest amount of time. So what if the kid had a, had two Glocks with him? Would you ban Glocks? It's a mental problem. And by the way, uh I see I don't understand that if you know the law perfectly, then tell me do you mean to tell me if there's a situation like this where a guy has barricaded himself and he's shooting at kids, 
that the local police in that area cannot go in and start firing at him? Of they course. Have to wait? No, no, yes, no, no. My, Michael, Michael. No, 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 no. I, you're confusing the situations. I was discussing uh, the New York situation. But but what often happens, th- th- there's protocol, and, and, and there's an incident commander, and that commander, no matter where you are in the country, that commander is calling the shots. Now, unfortunately for, uh, for the situation in Texas, he thought apparently since he's not cooperating anymore and he's now a city council member, he thought that he was dealing with a hostage situation in which, you, you know, I, I guess the, the, the thought being, you know, let's, let's try and talk him out and so on. But there was going to be no talking this young person out. It was still very much an active shooter. Michael, I thank you for the call. David in Los Angeles, good morning. Dominic, when David in L.A. and Stan agree, there's a problem. Putting guns in teachers' hands in school is not a good idea. Uh, Just because they're good at teaching math doesn't mean they got to be Rambo. You can say, well, gee, for the ones that want to do it. Well, what if nobody wants to in any of the schools? And so you're going to have somebody come in with two AR-15s, and then a teacher's going to pull out their shotgun to try to take that on? Uh, here's, here's what I want to ask. How many school shootings has there been in the past year? I think this is the only one so far. So, you know, drunk drivers kill people every day. Cigarettes kill people every day. Airplanes crash. There is a certain defect level in society, and to, we're never going to reduce it all the way to zero. David, you have a good heart. For, yes. It, isn't it rather convenient for me and you to sit back in Monday morning quarterback when we're not burying people today? We're, we're not shedding tears. We're, we're not... We're not able, you know, to, to, to have a closed casket because these bullets from this AR-15 destroyed the, the face and body of these kids. I mean, at some point, David, we have to, I'm just talking collectively here, the humanity of what has happened. And we just can't just keep talking over what happened to these kids. It was one incident, and it's never going to get reduced to zero. Bullets fly through the windows on the streets of Chicago in innocent kids' homes. Drunk drivers kill people every day. It's never going to be reduced to zero, so you don't arm every teacher in America. Kids are going to be scared to go to school when the teachers have guns, and it's an overreaction. Of course you can say, well, isn't it sad? Don't we have to do something? I don't know what we could do. It's one incident. No, it's not. It's not one incident. It's actually been 27. It's actually been 27 this year at schools. At schools. 27 school shootings? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. 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 And so, so, so. Police officers, then then put the police officers outside of every school sitting there. But to arm teachers is not the solution. Um, And and you know what? Even with 27, you're never going to reduce it. Focus on the mental illness aspect. I know I sound like a cold, hard guy and easy for me to say, but again, people are going to get hit by drunk drivers. People are going to die from smoking. Uh, The bullets are going to fly through innocent kids' windows, people shot on the street. There's going to be the New York subway shooter. This is going to happen. We have to just accept it. And, you know, listen, Dominic, I'm for raising the age. You have the right to bear arms, sure, but not to have an AR-15 or whatever. Maybe 18 for a handgun, and I did say 25 years old for an assault rifle. Okay, well, well you, and I, you and I agree, agree on that part, David. I, I, as always, I thank you for your calls. Let's go to uh, Nathan in Brooklyn. Apparently, Nathan says I'm wrong or incorrect about something. Uh, good morning, Nathan. Hey, Dominic. Uh, welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. So, go right I'm ahead. Loving, I'm loving your show. You're, you're dead. I just want to make one or two quick points. Number one, in New York City, when it comes to an active shooter, there is no waiting. There is no waiting for SWAT. There's no waiting for ESU. Police are trained. If there's a school shooting, you go in and you head straight for the shooter. In fact, you're going straight in. People are going to be grabbing onto you. You're pushing them away. You are heading straight to the gunfire. There is no waiting. I just want to make that very clear. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. We, 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 can, we can agree on that because the mayor yeah. – uh, basically said that on um, on uh, Morning Joe um, 
uh, a couple of hours ago. But the point I'm the only point I'm saying, Nathan, is that in every situation, there's an incident commander in every situation. And that commander calls the shots. Now, active shooter, it's supposed to be a situation where all bets are off. But anyway, go right ahead. Yeah, so that, that's, that's a, you know, incident command is, is actually one of my backgrounds in, in ICS. And the, the incident commander, depending on what it is and how it is, is the first and highest ranking person on the scene. So when this first happens, the first officer on scene is technically the incident commander. So, and just to say, take one step back, the standard across the country when it comes to active shooter is there's no waiting. So, if there was any waiting that happened in Texas, they were wrong, straight out wrong. That is the standard across the country, if not the world. Mm-hmm. They haven't practiced waiting for SWAT in, since 9-11, even before then. And the other point I want to make is we have to remove the emotion, right? This is a problem that really nobody wants to solve because it's too ugly to solve. It's too ugly to solve because we have to come up with a number of different realizations that we don't want to. For instance, every time I walk through a subway, I look at the the movie posters. Nine out of ten of those are featuring weapons or guns. I was playing on my phone today. I was playing uh, Scrabble, and an ad comes up. It's a video game where you're just shooting people blindly. Okay? So we've conditioned ourselves as as a country and as a society to glorify violence, to chase violence, to pay for violence. And then we're surprised when we have kids playing Grand Theft Auto from the time they're eight that somehow we can't figure out how it is that they're conditioned to just kill people. Well, Nathan, uh, you, you just said it all, uh, and, you, and you're so correct. Um, and I, and I, I thank you for the call, um, and, and you have a, uh, a beautiful morning. It's just, on a personal level, it's just tough for me, folks, because, uh, particularly this morning, I have said uh, before this microphone before, uh, in my close to 40-year career, the one thing I cannot do, I can do almost anything as a journalist, I cannot cover the funerals of babies and children. So... I can stand outside the church because that way I'm removing myself emotionally and then I can just give you the facts and, and you know, and, and summarize it in a minute and a half, two minutes and boom. But if I've got to go inside and see that little coffin, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And to think about the fact that there are this month going to be 19 coffins in, in, in that small town. And what I think about with small towns is where I went to undergraduate college, Cortland, New York, right? Small community. I'm sure if there was a situation like the one in Texas, there, there is a state police barrack in uh, Cortland, New York. But the local Cortland police, I don't know if they would know how to appropriately uh, handle this type of uh, situation. I think now that every law enforcement uh, department in the country is going to um, update their training to handle these types of uh, situations. But for me on a personal level, I'm I'm stuck on the funerals right now. I couldn't do it as a parent. A parent should never have to bury their child. I would have to be medicated. I I I just as a as a parent I couldn't do it. And then you 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 try to be strong for your family. If you can't be strong, then who's going to do it? And so that's where my head is this morning, this morning. Let's go to Alina in Teaneck, New Jersey. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Dominic, my heart and prayers go out to all the families that have been afflicted. 
and I commend you for your strong sense of understanding of humans and children. But I'll tell you what, there's something very wrong in this society. When we can abort babies at eight months and we can shoot children in the school and we can take drugs and make babies and there's something very wrong. The self-preservation of this society is sick. It's ailing. We're not, uh, where are our morals? Our, our instincts for self-preservation. It's it's scary. Well, that's a long discussion that we need to engage in. It, it, it really it really is a long one because then, when you start with that discussion, then you have to bring up the issue of the destruction of the nuclear core family unit, if you will. Um, and and I, I certainly can speak to that without hesitation, uh, never having uh, my father in my life my entire life. I was raised by my grandmother. I've talked about the situation many times. I'm not going to uh, do it now. But there there are a lot of issues you just brought up, and, and I, I respect you, Alina, for, for doing so. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. I see all the calls. I'm going to continue to get to as many of them as humanly possible First, we're going to take a bait, a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and more of your telephone calls. WABC. Talk Radio 77. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. And in New York, folks, Albany Democrats are eyeing legislation as it relates to restrictions on guns, vests, ammo, and this follows the shooting in Buffalo and Texas. Uh, what they are doing here in New York, the, le- the uh, legislative session is winding down, and Governor Hoku has put a number, of, um, a number of measures on the table, and they're looking to pass legislation this week imposing new restrictions on semi-automatic rifles, bulletproof vests, and large capacity magazines, and so we will see uh, what what happens. Um, but New York is also looking at the possibility of you would have to get a license to buy or come into possession of a semi-automatic uh, rifle under um, under the proposal, and this is similar to current state requirements, other state requirements to have a um, a handgun. So we'll see what happens uh, in New York. The only point I'm trying to make, folks, is that we have become so polarized that when these things happen, this this is what it literally sounds like to me. If we if we give one inch, they're gonna they're gonna take your guns. They're gonna come to your house. They're gonna take everything from you. That's on one side. On the other side. We need absolute uh, gun control. We need we need to lock down, take all the guns. Look at what they're doing in Canada. Do it here in America. That's what we need. And in between of point-counterpoint, no one is stopping to look at one of the funerals in Buffalo recently was for an 84-year-old woman. That could be somebody's great-grandmother. Nobody's looking at these children, 10 years old. We're too busy fighting with each other and trying to get a leg up. The the man, the man, you know, the, the town is so small. They don't have a coroner. And he had to go while he was waiting for the coroner from San Antonio and identify the bodies. Think about this, folks. Please don't forget the victims in all of this. And so that's why I'm saying that for the for the art of compromise to get something done, maybe the answer is, you know, 
We'll, we'll, we'll let you do a trial program to arm teachers and you give us X in return. We've got to return to the days of getting things done. A lot of folks have been holding for a while, so let's get, okay, Alyssa. Let's go to Alyssa in Manhattan. Good morning, Alyssa. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. It's always such a privilege to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Go right ahead. Okay, first of all, I would like to comment on the guns. I've been listening to your show for a few weeks, reporting on subway shootings, shooting in Buffalo, shooting in Texas. And first of all, I definitely agree that the assault weapons do not belong anywhere but in the hands of military or law enforcement. And they shouldn't even be able to bring them home with them. But I think I have what might be a good compromise with regards to the rifles and handguns um, and, you know, the thing between the 18 and 21-year-olds. Because a lot of people have called in and spoken out and said they know many responsible people who are 18 years old. I'm sure there are a lot more responsible ones than irresponsible ones that go out and shoot people. But, of course, there has to be something done. So I just had this thought that, first of all, you would have to, you know, this guy in Texas got his his guns very quickly after his 18th birthday. You should have at least a time limit of, say, 90 days so an adequate background check can be done. But I would add to that background check that the person between the, the people between 18 and 21, if people are uncomfortable with them being too young, should have to have at least two co-signers both of whom go through background checks themselves to say that they support that these people are going to handle the gun responsibly. And should that person use that gun for a criminal act, those two co-signers will be charged as accomplices in that criminal act. Well, let me say this, uh, to as, as it relates to your idea. Sign me up. Uh, as your campaign treasurer, you should run for Congress because I, no, really, I, just, I you know it just popped in my head because think I, about it. I, I, how I, many now, people now, now, are now, willing to put their now, butt on the line? Now, now you'd be challenged in court immediately, and it may not it may not hold up. But but those are ideas. That's what you just said, Alyssa, is trying to find a solution to a very complicated problem. And, you know, you mentioned, Alyssa, thank you for the call, some of the topics that I discussed. I didn't even go there tonight, folks. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm trying to make it through the entire show without talking about the photo that's on social media all over Twitter in which the man is on the subway. Oh, oh. And... But, All my life, I've known bums like this. Let's be real. Let's be bums that don't amount to anything. And this man is sitting on the subway with a hammer in his tube socks, tube sock, and a fifth of liquor in his other hand. And he's standing there smiling on the subway. Now, do you want your kid to see that? Do you want your child to sit across? Do you want to be the parent that have to explain, Mommy, Daddy, why does that man have a hammer in his socks? Why is that man drinking all that alcohol on the subway? So, see, Alyssa, I, 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 I almost made it. I only had 10 minutes left. And, you know, I'm, I, honestly, folks, I've known bums like that all my life. And they don't understand it. They need to just go away. Just go. Get away from society. You're not helping anybody. All you're doing is collecting a welfare check and draining from everyone. From everyone. And he's standing there smiling with a million-dollar smile on his face. A hammer in his sock. The sock is like a, a gun holster for the hammer and a fifth of alcohol in the other hand. 
and there are going to be some people say, Dominic, you know, you know hey, you, you, you're picking on the black guy, Dominic. You're picking on the black guy. The black guy, you know, let a brother be a brother. He's just on the train. You know, he's got a hammer. That's it. He's not hurting anybody. This type of dysfunction has to stop. It has to stop. And now that branches me to Texas. There are reports, and you knew these stories were going to come out, that the suspect, his entire family, from the grandmother to the daddy to the mama, they have criminal records. And I've tried my best not to focus on this. But the mother, I don't know if it's a language barrier, but she did an interview, you know, and I know how it works. They throw a camera in your face. You may not be ready. She had just uh, finished visiting her mother in San Antonio in the hospital who her son shot in the face. And she said she was so sorry. And then she went on to say that he has his reasons for what he did. What reasons could that possibly be, Mom? Mom of the year? What what reasons could that be? Could it be that considering the whole family has criminal records, that this child should have had help a long time ago? And maybe if this child had help, he wouldn't have shot up the entire school. Or at least that fourth grade classroom where those kids are going to be scarred, the survivors, for the rest of their natural life. In a moment, Frank Milano's going to join me. Let's go to Johnny in Garden City. Good morning, Johnny. What's on your mind? Yeah, quick thing. You know, back in the day, uh, Jamaica High School used to have a rifle club taught by World War II veterans. And it just shows you how kids are today, between kids of yesterday. Uh, the respect for something like that was a high regard. The kids today now, the problem with them are very disconnected. They're very disconnected with reality. A lot of them are on antidepressant drugs, which affects the mindset of kids. And they're watching these very violent games and so forth. And they have not in touch with reality. And I feel like the gun control is an issue that's going to come up with. I understand that. But just to tell you, like, there's a respect issue, a respect for society and reality of what life is all about. People don't have it no more. It's very sad. Uh, and, and you're right. You're right, Johnny. We thank you for the call. Thank you so much. Because I remember rifle clubs at different school organizations and so on. I'm joined now by Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, morning, sir. Morning, Dominic. So what do you, you had a great show last night. What do you have this morning? Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, this morning, I hope, will also be a great show. We're going to be joined in, well, I'm going to be following up on a couple of the subjects that you've been mentioning as well. But I'm going to be joined in about 40 minutes by an, a writer and a sommelier and a photojournalist, a triple threat, who's written a book called The Modern Gentleman. Now, I, it's an older mm. book. It's about 20 years old. But it's all about how um, a, a man, particularly a young man, but really any man, sh- should act in every aspect of life in order to be a gentleman. And given some of the things that you've been focusing not, focusing on, not just this morning, but your whole career, I don't think there's a better time to relearn some of those lessons for everybody. And the whole world, I haven't, I'm not really into this, i got to tell you, but the whole world has been following this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial. And so we have the world's greatest body language expert, Tanya Ryman, to tell us what she thinks the body language of Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, and the lawyers means, and uh, what this is saying about who's telling the truth and maybe where where the outcome of this case is going to end up. Sounds like another great show you have uh, coming up. Have you seen the uh, Twitter, uh, or the photo I'm referring to? There's a man on the subway. He's got a hammer in his I, sock. I know. I heard you talking and, about it for the first and, time. And, and, he's, and he's holding a fifth of, uh, of liquor. And... Uh, I just, you know, Frank, I keep mentioning it over and over. I said to myself, 1,001, 1,002. I I was trying to get through the entire hour without mentioning uh, this guy. But I I just, uh, I just, you know. I guess you never know when you're going to need a hammer. (laughs) I mean, okay, if you're on the train and you saw someone like that, and 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 your son or future daughter? Oh, please! I'm getting uh, out of the getting out of the car next stop, if that. Anyway, let's go to what uh, Nancy. Nancy in Valley Stream. You're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. Good morning. Good morning. 
Um, I think I'm the first person on radio has mentioned this, not that it matters, but I was waiting for this to come out. I've been hearing now all of a sudden they're coming out that this boy had a long history of torturing animals, especially cats, yes. and saying that he enjoyed hurting animals. Yes. And this turns up in almost every mass shooter, and it's 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 such a red flag. I mean... There, there were, there were, Nancy, the, 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 and yeah. I want to get Frank's opinion on this in a second. There were so many red flags going off as it relates to the Texas shooter. I mean, I mean, the, the boy was walking around in all black, wearing mascara, uh, doing all types of things. Would you agree, Frank, that red flags were going oh, off? And you see it? Please. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, every red flag there was right here. Right, right, right. And then when you look at the entire family, thank you for the call, Nancy. Uh, it, a report out tonight that the entire family uh, has uh, criminal records. That that sort of tells you everything that you need to know uh, right there. Rob in Staten Island has been holding for a while. Good morning, Rob. What's on your mind? Hey, Dom. Um, you know, a, a lot of us are talking about, you know, gun control or possibly arming teachers or more cops in the schools. I, I think, you know, and, and I think Nathan, Nathan and Alina earlier touched on this. I think we're missing the bigger problem. Dom, we got a major problem with our boys in this country. There's something going on. Uh, I, I, I don't know specifically what it is. I've been thinking a lot about it. I don't know if it's, you know, fatherlessness in the homes or if it's the schools demasculating these boys Oh, it's society in general. I, it, but there's a problem with our boys nowadays. Hmm. Hmm. Frank, would you would you agree with I, that? I would, actually. And I think it's not just reflected in greater gun violence and greater mass shootings, but there's a tremendous uh, epidemic of uh, drug use among young people. There's a tremendous, up, uh, you know, use of uh, of uh, of uh, suicide. We're seeing a decline in things like uh, youth sports, which I think can serve as a very important character building exercise. And uh, we're seeing uh, rampant rates of obesity as well. Now, some of these are interrelated. Maybe you're more likely to carry out a mass shooting if you're mentally ill and on drugs and depressed, and uh, certainly more likely to kill yourself if you do those things. Maybe you're more likely to be obese if you stay home all day playing video games. Uh, but I, I do agree with, uh, with Rob very much. I wish I had a solution, but uh, I definitely think that the first step is recognizing there's a problem. Rob, we, we thank you for the call. Let's go to uh, Mitch in the Bronx. Mitch, I'm short on time. Go right ahead. Okay, hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. The main thing I wanted to say was that I think that the prime minister in Canada, that Trudeau, is doing the right thing. I was really upset that one of the hosts on WABC yesterday was very critical of him. She played him the tape three times of him making his announcement, and she kept saying it's shocking, shocking, shocking. What the heck is shocking? He's trying to protect his citizens. We should do that here. There's nothing wrong with it. And I think he's right, and I think that the talking heads on the right need to take a step back. Right, the well, NRA certainly well, needs well, to go someplace. Well, but Mitch, I think, that he Mitch, right I, I thank you for the call. I'm out of time. Folks, keep it right there. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. I'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same station. Have a great morning.